This is CyberSound, your simplified and fundamentals-focused source for all things cybersecurity, with your hosts, Jason Pufal, Stephen Maresca, and Matt Fusaro. Welcome to CyberSound. I'm your host, Jason, uh, joined today by Steve Maresca and Matt Fusaro, as always. Hey, guys. Hey. Hello. Uh, so today we get to speak a little bit about the, the AI sensation that has swept, I guess swept everywhere, <laughs> uh, chat GPT. Um, I mean, honestly, it's been out maybe maybe a month at this point, and we spent a lot of time in our house talking about it uh, relative to uh, sort of its implications in the academic space as my kids explored uh, you know, the, the efficacy and maybe the morality of using uh, something like this. Um, for those people who, who don't know it, chat GPT is, uh, cer- certainly go out and Google it now because it's really interesting. But uh, it's a an AI. Uh, it's a chatbot. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say text generator, but that's that's so. It's a natural language yeah. AI, right? So it deals in some type of language, primarily English right now. I'm not sure. I'm actually not sure if it does other languages besides English. Linguistically, question, honestly, actually. all the same rules typically apply as long as right. your data is long as they're, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's a good question. I actually haven't tried saying, you know, give me something in Italian. I wonder if... I'm sure it would it, do it. Yeah. It might. Yeah. yeah, I think it will. Uh, so, and you can generate on almost anything, right? If you're, it, It's as creative as the inputs that you give it. Uh, so, in this case, we actually have written our podcast using chat GPT. Um, and, and we're going to read it for you. It... it Probably, it will be shorter than our normal <laughs> podcast, uh, but you know, just to give you a sense of of what we fed it with initially, uh, it was really three three different inputs. It does do uh, the an update of a previously generated um, you know text sample uh, with new data. So we wrote write a copy for a three person podcast episode that discusses the impact that Chat GPT potentially has in information security. Discuss how it may be used to write phishing emails. Uh, it generated something, wanted a little bit more detail, so we said add information about impersonation. Uh, again, it updated that. We wanted a little bit more detail, so we said add content about dynamic conversation generation for text messaging, phishing, and scamming. So we have a, I don't know, what is it? What is it? Maybe looks to be a three-minute episode that it created. I, I didn't tell it do it in 5,000 words. I gave it no parameters at all. Uh, so I think the question is, who wants to be host one, host two, host three? Anybody? I'll be three. Uh, you want to go last? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, so I will be, I'll be host two. Uh, sorry, host one. You're right in the middle. Uh, host one. Hello and welcome to today's episode of CyberSound. In this episode, we'll be discussing the impact that AI-powered language models like ChatGPT have on information security, particularly when it comes to writing phishing emails, impersonation attacks, and dynamic conversation generation for text message phishing and scamming. That's right. As AI technology advances, the potential for misuse increases. With language models like ChatGPT, it's becoming easier for attackers to craft highly sophisticated and convincing phishing emails that can trick even the savviest of users. Not only that, but these AI models can also be used to impersonate a trusted source, such as a known business, organization, or individual, and generate dynamic conversations to lure individuals into text message scams. Absolutely. ChatGPT and similar models can be trained on vast amounts of text data, including examples of 
phishing emails, impersonation tactics, and text message scams. This means they can generate phishing emails and text messages that are indistinguishable from ones written by a human and even impersonate a trusted source with ease. The ability to generate dynamic conversations increases the chances of luring individuals into scams and stealing sensitive information. The consequences of this are alarming. With more convincing phishing emails and impersonation attacks in circulation and the ability to create dynamic conversations for the text message scams, it's becoming increasingly difficult for individuals and organizations to protect themselves from these types of threats. And that's why it's crucial for individuals and organizations to be aware of these types of threats and to take steps to protect themselves. This includes staying vigilant when opening emails and text messages, checking for suspicious links or attachments, verifying the authenticity of the sender before taking any action, and being cautious of emails or messages from sources claiming to be from a trusted entity. It's also important to be cautious of unsolicited text messages, even if they appear to be from a trusted source, and never provide sensitive information in response to a text message or a call. There's no doubt that AI-powered language models like ChatGPT have the potential to revolutionize many industries, but it's important to consider the potential consequences and take steps to mitigate any risks. By staying informed and taking proactive measures, we can help protect ourselves and our information from these types of attacks. Thank you for joining us today on CyberSound. We hope you found this discussion informative and thought-provoking. Until next time, stay safe and keep informed. You didn't read outro music. I did. That's true. It did say. (laughs) I'm upset. There was intro music and outro music. I just want to acknowledge that that, that ChatGPT was thoughtful enough. To include that. Well, so that, I mean, that is the interesting part. I said create a podcast, and it does know enough to do that. So you can tell it, create a podcast, create a resume, you know, write a screenplay. You know, it, it will make a, make a reasonable attempt at doing any of those things. Uh, but I think I hadn't read this out loud, and it was really <laughs> it was interesting to hear it out loud because it actually does feel generated isn't a fair way to put it but it, it doesn't re- feel natural it's regurgitated yeah, yeah. right it's echoing back to you what you prompted and that, that's the trouble i mean to some degree uh it's only echoing what it's read so it's synthesizing similar content or, that over it, and over. or content that, that it infers is similar and then filling in the components that you gave it and, and you know it does an okay job it's okay but arguably this is Honestly, I think one of the worst examples that I've seen it create. Uh, so, I'm, so I'm so glad we got to read it on air. Uh, but I, I do feel like you know we threw a resume together for my 16-year-old son who doesn't have tons of skills at 16. And it wrote a fine resume that he could then take and spend some time just updating and improving, right? And right. that, I think, is the value of it. If you, if you take it purely from what it initially produces, you get something that sounds like what we just read. Yeah. But if you take this and say, well, this is a reasonable – first draft that maybe I can polish up and add to and experiment with, it's a great way to do that. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's why programmers especially need to be very careful using something like this. Oh, yes. It introduces a lot of great things that you wouldn't have normally gotten from just, you know, trusting a source on Stack Overflow or something like that, or, you know, just Googling for it. Uh, but it does also introduce things that just aren't correct. Right. right. Or, or, or could have, you know, copyright and other things <laughs> right. that are right. absolutely derivative of whatever it learned mm-hmm. to produce that result. So there there are hidden dangers that lurk without any question. I, I found it interesting, uh, Jason, you shared, um, I guess there were some survey results. Is that correct? Yeah, Educause. Yeah. I actually got an Educause survey, which which clearly is, you know, ChatGPT's 
uh, implications in an academic environment focused. Mm. Uh, but they, but I answered that this morning. So I, I think one of the things I found really interesting was uh, so the question that was in the survey is in general, what are your what are your concerns related to generative AI? And one of the answers was that AI generated content becoming undistinguishable uh, from from humans was a concern. Isn't that kind of the whole point? That is <laughs> Isn't exactly. that what everyone's been driving towards? Right. That's the dream, right? I mean, obviously, we're we're concerned about that, and that, and I think everyone's starting to understand there's some some ethical reasons why it might be a problem um, in so many areas. But yeah, it's it's just interesting that now that it's getting closer, now we're afraid. <laughs> but but even as phrase, that's not quite the root of it, right? Yeah. It what's the threat of being indistinguishable? In my opinion. Right. It's the air of authenticity and authority associated with well-structured, well-formed statements. Because most people who don't know, you know, if they're seeking information about a subject and they encounter language that is framed as authoritative, they take it as such. Right. And that's the risk, in my opinion, because it may not be legitimate in any way. It's just constructed. Uh that's what I'm most worried about. And I think it's about trust when most people frame it as well. I, I find most people untrustworthy well, for the same <laughs> reasons. <laughs> I, I, there is a real concern, though, with people taking the information yeah. ver- as if it is truth. And We have enough of a problem with that in other spheres. We do. And, and young people, this is really, com- I mean, I, I'm drawn from my own experience, right? This is really compelling for young people who say, hey, I can use this to answer questions in class or right. you know, help generate an essay or but the reality is it stopped getting data, I think, in 2021. So you know, you've got a little gap, maybe for some of the, the historic stuff that they might be working on. It doesn't matter as much. Uh, but I'm also not seeing the follow-up review later to say, well, is what was written actually accurate? Right. right? There's just blind trust. Right. It, critical thinking is required for use of any tool like this. I mean, it harkens back to, you know, the as of some time ago, right, but uh, references to, you know, what you read on the internet isn't necessarily factual. Mm. I don't know if anyone recalls the Northwest tree octopus, it's, but it's not. It's stuff like that. It, <laughs> it requires thought, um, especially if it's being used actively in a professional context as a tool. Maybe it's a good starting place. Maybe it's an atrocious starting place. Uh, if it drew on material that is outdated and therefore since that time refuted or wholly invalidated for some reason on a factual basis, you don't know that if you're consuming something from that data set. The, uh, there was another uh, survey that we had looked at that asked, you know, in, in, what, in what areas are people most using ChatGPT? And I think the, the number one answer was you know, marketing and advertising, which I was actually, honestly, I wasn't surprised in at all. I think there's such a push in uh, some of the content-based marketing that a lot of companies do to, to get content out. And it's not easy for people to do that. Not everybody has a podcast that they can produce on a, you know, on a regular basis. Boy, how, how much easier can it get than just saying, you know, talk about X product in X industry, you know, in X amount of words and get something you can edit. So you can certainly see that there. But then it also starts to water down the content that you see. I think right. there's some risk to that. You know, that response in terms of marketing and advertising was relative to chat GPT, but other tools are actively in use for the same purpose of improving copy. Mm-hmm. Like Grammarly, as an example, has an advertisement about tone adjustments. Right. It's exactly the same type of technology. 
just applied a little differently. Um, you know, some of that's useful. I think a lot of the sentiment analysis and so forth that has historically gone into advertising is a good match for a type of tool like this because it, in, it it's exactly what you want out of something of this nature. Yeah. Again, I think if you rely on it too heavily, you're going to fade into the background. Uh, of course. Right? If, if everyone else is using it, eventually you're just like everybody else in your messaging and how it's structured because it's it's not going to change too much. And it won't come right? up with new ideas exactly. necessarily. Yeah, the creativity factor, not yet, is there. Right. <laughs> yeah, not, but, but this is, I think what has caused such a stir is just how much better this is than mm-hmm. something that we saw two months ago. And so I think there's this real sense of it's going to evolve really quickly. And is it going to get to a point where you can then really modify something for tonality, for, right. you know, for language adjustments, things like that? I want to be careful about that in terms of time. These tools have existed for a long while. They've existed. The, the thing is that it's now uniquely accessible right. through ChatGPT. That, that's the threshold we're at. It's making these long-existing data sets and capabilities more consumable. And maybe that's what is the transition needed to make them actually applicable for, for other industries. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested to see what happens with uh, because Microsoft put right. billions, I believe, tons into of investment actually making this a service on Azure. Right. So I believe it's either this month near the end of this month or next month. It'll be available as yeah. a service, and it was something cheap too, like twenty right. something bucks a month. I could be wrong oh, really? on that, but oh yeah, the yeah, next six months should be interesting yeah. in several different areas. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Matt, you made a you made a comment around you. Know, isn't this what we've all been asking for essentially? Yep. As we as we talked about AI, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of curious from the two of you, and I'll give my opinion. Do you do you consider this problematic? Uh, you know, there, there's been a lot of noise about it. What are what are your opinions? I, I think sure. I think it's problematic, but I mean most most technical advances always were. Right? There was always a period of some fear. Um, I mean, it, this is a really simple example, but I'm sure math classes got scared when calculators became really popular. Right, right? And, and that and that's a common and comparison. It's it's not a it's not an earth shattering <clears throat> excuse me an earth shattering comparison, but you know we adapted to that. There, there's going to be a, a more difficult adaptation here. I think there's way too many things that you can apply something like ChatGPT to. Um, but it's just going to be an evolutionary period. I mean, I have a similar thought. It's, it is a general purpose tool. Therefore, it's ill-suited to very specific problems. And that's where machine learning and AI has historically thrived. And I'm talking like 30 years back with Gulf, uh, Gulf War Logistics, which was mm. a stunning success of, of early techniques of this sort. Um, Today, you know, some of the stuff that we've brought up, we've, we've acknowledged um, machine learning and similar when talking about hype and throwing water on that in the past because it was hype. Um, but when talking about something like this, general purpose tools have a place because earlier, far more finely honed models, uh, they're very limited, right? And there's a big gulf between the types of references we're making, the types of things we've talked about in security products, for example, and a general purpose tool. I'm actually somewhat encouraged rather than fearful. And I'm really interested in what will develop over the next couple of years as more and more engineers play with the technology. I think there needs to be ethics attached to a lot of it. Right. But I think the possibilities are pretty substantial. Yeah, I think that's what most people worry about 
at this point are the, are the ethics. Right. That's that's a hard problem to solve. I don't I don't have answers for that one. <laughs> it is, it, and as yeah. a as a consumer, so I, I think the technology is really compelling, and I and I can't wait to see where it goes. But one of the concerns that I have is is sort of understanding or recognizing the value of art uh, as as people move down this path, and you know you're already seeing it in the movie industry where it's really difficult to tell. You know, if the actor you're seeing is you know 95 years old or you know 45 years old because of all the all the technology they have to clean that up, so there, there's a lack of authenticity already in in certain mediums, and I'm concerned that it's going to be harder to trust. Oh, you know, this author wrote this book. Well, how much of it did they really write, and mm-hmm. how much of it's really theirs? Or you know, this artist you know crafted this piece of art. All right, well, how heavily modified was it by something that was you know AI driven and Maybe that's just something that we're going to have to change our perception on. Right. Uh, but you can't associate art with an individual being so unique, perhaps, as we used to be able to. Yeah. The great cathedrals were built by craftsmen directed by an overseer of some kind, a master architect. They were very skilled craftsmen, and that architect could not have carved the stone. On some level, if an artist is simply coming up with a rule set and asking it to be executed by peers or tools, I don't think historically we've actually made a distinction that that causes people to reject that art. And I don't think we'll see that today with anything with a a common root in AI-generated material. We've seen it in uh, game development. We've seen it in um, historical art from the 20s, you know, the more structured art. A lot of it is very geometry-oriented. You could argue they're following the same sort of rule set that a computer happens to be executing when they're generating art. Uh, I don't see them as wildly, wildly uh, deviant from each other. Right. And on, on the same token, maybe movie credits shift towards the people making the graphics sure. versus, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. versus the actor actress, right? Yeah. There'll be a lot of that. I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, you know, I don't want, everybody loves the word disruptive. I don't, I don't know if I want to call it a disruptive <laughs> technology necessarily, but I think just the impact that it had in such a short time uh, has, has been really interesting to watch, right? The, the sort of the the evolution from almost almost instantaneous outrage and the fear and the academic side to you know there's al- already some general acceptance to well the tool exists so now we have to start thinking around you know what are our expectations of students and how do we read things more critically and you know what do we trust there'll be a lot more discussions around that 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 I'm really interested to see evolve over time. Uh, it's probably enough chat GPT. So hopefully everybody <laughs> loved the chat GPT uh, generated podcast. Uh, you can let us know what you think of that. Um, but, you know, if, if you do have any, of course, as always, right, any, any questions or comments about, you know, this podcast or, you know, AI in general, Steve made the point that we've, you know, talked about it in the past, uh, maybe not as, not totally complimentary all the time. Uh, you know, we're happy, we're happy to engage further in it. I think there's a lot of room in this AI discussion uh, and this just brings it to the to, to, sort of to the masses more than I think people are, are used to. Uh, so as always, thanks for listening. Appreciate your time. We'd love to hear your feedback. Feel free to get in touch at Vancord on LinkedIn or on Twitter at Vancord Security. And remember, stay vigilant, stay resilient. This has been CyberSound. <laughs>